Hello, world, and welcome back to the Morning Geekdom Podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Matulin, and today I am joined by Damian and Tyler. On today's podcast, we're going back to the future. He doesn't know it yet, but he's about to become the world's first time traveler. This is nuts. Back to when his mother was a teenager looking for love. It's an absolute dream. Whoa, this is heavy. Back to when his father needed a little push. I'm your density. It was a wonder I was even born. Meet Marty McFly, the first kid ever to get into trouble before he was even born. Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film, Back to the Future. Rated PG. Now at select theaters, check newspapers. Damien. Yes. <laughs> Two years ago, I came to you and I said, hey, man, I want to start a podcast. And you were the first person I came to and you were like, yeah, yeah, well, I'm down, whatever you want. So we had, well, I had a very like limited, very small idea, nothing like full flushed out, but I was like, let's do it. We sat in my living room and we recorded Back to the Future. It's a terrible podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. So I just thought, hey, that was the one that we started with. It's our two-year anniversary-ish. We're coming back from hiatus. It's the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future. We got Tyler with us this time. This is coming at back. This is coming out on Back to the Future Day 1025, the day Marty goes back to 1955. It's perfect, man. We got we got to knock this one out of the park. Yeah, zero pressure. No pressure. Tyler, welcome. Thanks. Glad to be here. Are you excited to talk about Back to the Future? Of course I am. It's one of the best movies, uh, one of my favorite movies, and and glad to revisit you know, back on the podcast for the first time in several months, thankfully. Got a, a part of my soul back today, tonight. Thank you very much. I mean, you're just happy to have something to do, I would imagine, Yep. now that, Pretty. you know, po- uh, quarantine's still happening. We're all bored. We're like, let's let's just try this podcast again. Absolutely. All right, Damien. Is Back to the Future still your favorite of the trilogy, or has Back to the Future 3 fully <laughs> eclipsed that and taken the number one spot? Write this down. Back to the Future 3 is a far superior movie. What? <laughs> do, you, so, do you see Tyler's face? I did. So let, me, so let me tell you where I am at. I've come around on Back to the Future 3, and I think it's an adequate addition to the trilogy. But I still think it goes 1, 2, 3. Okay, so but real three, talk... Three is superior to like Temple of Doom. Um, yeah, I would agree with you there. I think Back to the Future trilogy is a more well-rounded trilogy than Indiana Jones or Star Wars. The 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 original. Wow. Not 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 individually. Like I still think Empire is a superior movie to Back to the Future. I think that probably Raiders is a superior movie to Back to the Future. But I'm saying encompassing all three, I think I enjoy this trilogy more than the other two. That seems crazy. I feel like people would need to percolate on some shit like the whole trilogy <laughs> is better than Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I do you think... Uh, let's just... Ha- I'm going to ask you right now. Do you think Back to the Future 3 is more enjoyable for you? Maybe not a better movie, but more enjoyable than Return of the Jedi. Ooh. Um, I don't think it is. Okay. I, because there's just, there's just a lot more depth to it, is my right. like immediate thought. Yeah. But it, but it's a, such a fun movie. It, that's the thing, right? It's more yeah. fun, I think. Yeah. If 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 like you're talking about, which is just a, a more enjoyable movie to like throw in and kind of popcorn yeah. on the couch. It it might be Back to the Future Three. 
But if we're talking about better. Does Return of the Jedi have ZZ Top in it? It does not. Tyler, you're pretty quiet. That's because I haven't seen Back to the Future 3. As as you guys piqued my interest so much in the first episode and in many conversations since then yeah. about <laughs> the kid who's walking around with his dinkus out <laughs> and all sorts of other things. <laughs> and I need and I have been meaning to watch it and I just haven't gotten to it for some for no reason. No good okay. reason. Let me let me let me clarify that. He's not walking around with his dinkus out. This is not Teen Wolf. <laughs> the little boy has to what appears to be he has to pee and he's pointing like dramatically at his dingus saying, Hey, I gotta go or I'm gonna make I'm gonna embarrass myself. Okay. Give give him Damien, give 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 Tyler, you know, the listeners obviously can't see you. Give him the uh, give him the visual. What does it look hey, like? I got a first urban dictionary dingus. <laughs> so That's scary. Okay. So he does like yeah, no, people, this is going to be terrible. This is terrible for the podcast. But he basically does this it. thing with his finger where he's, like, pointing at himself. Okay. All right. I yeah. got it mixed up with Teen Wolf then. Okay. I still think he does this move. Like, he does the, like, come hither, like, he does move, that first. and then he points at it. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, both. guys. Like, I'm going to piss all over Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, I think he <laughs> even does, like, look. the full palm, like, gesture, yeah. come, come oh, hither. Boy. And then he does the, like, close hand finger point. To to the aforementioned Dinkus. The aforementioned. <laughs> All right. So watch this movie last night. As I have said, I think I said it on the first podcast. I'm sure I've said it since. I've seen Back to the Future 1, I think, more than any other movie ever. I just, it's, I watch it all the time. It's either I watch it while doing something and I see bits and pieces of it, or I sit down and I watch the whole thing. Um, this is now my favorite movie of all time. Wow. I just decided. Now, I don't think it's better than Empire, right? But watching this, I find it more enjoyable and easier watch than Empire, where Empire is much more serious. Uh, I also, there's probably some biases, biases about the Star Wars fans now, which bums me out. So, But I think that this, this is now my favorite movie of all time. That's a that's a great admission and a and a worthy movie to be your favorite. Right. I mean, it's it'll probably change like at some point, but I think that this is this is the one that definitely brings me the, I think the most joy to watch and it's just the easiest watch. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree yeah, with that. Yeah. But it's no Back to the Future 3. It's no Back to the Future 3. Tyler, can we get a hard like agreement when you will watch Back to the Future 3? I will watch that movie before October is out. Okay. Do we need to do? Look, I'm oh, I'm down to do a movie night, and we watch Back to the Future three. I'm good with that. I think I want to watch it first, though, to like see it through without being distracted by side chatter. You know, which is. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to to uh, to be part of the side chatter. Well, then why would I? I mean, why you want to keep Damien and I from enjoying Back to the Future 3 with you? Like, just, that's pretty selfish. That's a selfish move. My bad. My bad. I, I see what Tyler... <laughs> I, <I'll, clears throat> Go ahead. I can do both, right? I mean, I can watch it on my own, and then the next night, I, I'm happy to do that whenever. Watch it with you two and the rest of the crew. What are we going to say, Damien? I was just going to say, I think that I'm I'm with you and that you should just take the time to be in your space and enjoy the movie for the first time. <laughs> Anthony should do the same thing and watch Fight Club. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it at some point. 
it's going to be, I just don't know when I'm going to watch it, but I, I will watch it at some point. But you feel like you've already seen it. Yeah, I do. You don't have any movies like that? No. Really? There's nothing that you feel like you've, you haven't actually watched, but you've, it's either so ingrained in pop culture or you've like seen clips of it, especially now with social media. Nothing like that? Mm-mm. Tyler? I don't, I don't either. No, there are plenty of movies like Dazed and Confused. I've talked about this, which I still haven't watched. Yeah. And there are snippets of that that are very much part of pop culture and I'm aware of, but that doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I've seen the movie at all. So fair. that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm sure I'll watch it and, and I'll realize like, well, fuck, I actually, I, I, I don't know what this movie is about. And mm-hmm. I had all these misconceptions, but I don't, I will watch it at some point. Again, it's just like, I don't know when I'm going to watch it. Most of the nights now, because Violet's asleep, are spent with my wife. And that's not really something that she's ever mentioned wanting to watch. And now, because we weren't able to watch movies for so long, we have like this backlist, backlog of of movies we want to watch. This motherfucker is definitely not watching it. (laughs) No, never, ever, ever. (laughs) Ever, 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 ever. Tyler, did you watch Dazing and Fused yet? No, no. And I said... I, th- I think there was a night, one of the last podcasts we did, I said, I'm going to watch that tonight. And then I didn't. So my apologies. <laughs> that was the last podcast we did. Really? Well, besides the announcement one that I put up. But yeah, that was the best comedies yeah. of the 90s. That's right. This motherfucker. All right. You guys want to get into this Let's synopsis? Yeah. See if yep. in two months my uh, my skills at reading improved? My reading skills? <laughs> All right, Marty McFly, a 17-year-old high school student, is accidentally sent 30 years into the past in a time-traveling DeLorean invented by his close friend, the eccentric scientist, Doc Brown. That is pretty much the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's a solid synopsis, don't you think? It's solid. It's a little wordy. Like, I, I would yeah. think that the synopsis would be a little, you know, shorter. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, that's the, the meat and potatoes, right? That's the bones of the movie. Yep. Yeah, I mean, in like but there's three a lot or four missing sentences. from it. Yeah. 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 Uh, one sentence, actually, <laughs> and a shit ton of commas. <laughs> I was just going to say that, that shouldn't be one sentence. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the dingus at IMDb says that this is one, this is one sentence. Okay. All right. It's <laughs> a good All right. word. Dingus? Yeah. That's not All what right. Tyler said. As I said, I, I did say dinkus. Yeah. Hard K. Can can I get that urban dictionary uh, definition, please? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't urban dictionary that again. Google, okay. we'll get re- Google's we'll going to research me on that. <laughs> For sure. You've already been pigeonholed. Yeah. Like you're in, they're going to, you're going to get ads on it, everything yeah, like I'm that. Fucked. All right. 1985. This movie's 35 years old. We're old people. Does it, now this is going to sound ridiculous. I'm assuming you both watched it. I know, Tyler, you've watched it multiple times recently because you watched it with your son. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like 35 years old? I understand that it's 85, very specific fashion. I feel like actually the fashion isn't that out of style because I feel like a lot of that fashion is was popular not that long ago, somewhat. So it doesn't feel like that crazy old. But does it feel like a 35-year-old movie? No, I feel like it's aged amazingly well because of, right? particularly because of the whole time travel aspect, and it's like very stylized. 
yeah. I feel like you kind of just get into the movie and you're like, oh, I'm just watching this this thing, and you're never you're never like paying attention to like, oh, it's weird. This doesn't exist anymore. Or this doesn't exist right. because they're kind of jumping around. And and the effects aren't so bad that they take you out of the movie. Yeah. The second one uh, with the flying cars and stuff definitely has a little bit more of that where the effects don't hold up as well. Still don't take me out of the movie. Um, but this one, like there are some shots that you're like, all right, that looks terrible. But overall, I, I think the effects aren't even that bad. Tyler, does it feel like 35 years old? No, I, I'm, I'm with Damien and, and you too. It's just, it feels so, maybe, I think it's because it's still so fun. It's as fun as it was. And part of it is it goes back in time, obviously, and, and it's yeah. sort of a, a, not a period piece, but they're in 50s garb, you know, they're wearing all these 50 things, 50s things, and so what seems old is supposed to seem old. Um, so I think point. it's, yeah. I think it's, um, and then just, just back to the point about it being fun, it's, it hasn't lost any luster. It is as enjoyable as it was the first time. Um, so you know, none of the jokes there, we'll get to some of the things that don't hold up as well, perhaps some of the yeah. dialogue, but it's still funny the same way it was. Um, it's just an, an awesome movie then and now. Yeah, I think, I think there's there's two reasons that it holds up really well. One is it is a comedy, but it's not like a slapstick comedy. Right. It doesn't have like punchlines. It's all implied humor. It's physical humor. It's it's a charm about it. It's a chemistry. So because they're not telling jokes per se, it doesn't like like we've talked about multiple times. You know, uh, hard comedies a lot of times don't age well mm-hmm. because a lot of comedy is. It's in a time capsule, right? It's very time specific. This doesn't have those markers, so to speak. It's it's not they're not they're not throwing out jokes with punchlines. It's more right. like I said, more um, just chemistry. And the other thing is, would this movie? I think they hit the perfect time periods, hmm. like in the '80s, traveling back to the '50s. Everybody kind of romanticizes the '50s For with sure. the fashion, the music, um, kind of this boom and like cinema, all these things, right? Where I think that if they did it now, if say they made this movie now and they were traveling, you know, from 2000 to 1970 or uh, 2020 to 1990, mm-hmm. it wouldn't work as well, I think, because we don't have those fond memories of the 90s. The where I think everybody kind of, again, romanticizes, at least I know I did when I was younger and it could be because of like my grandparents thing and the music, but the 50s were like seemed really cool from whether it's like Elvis, Sinatra, those type of things, which I associate with the 50s, even though it's more like the 60s. Yep. I feel like they hit like the perfect time periods for both. That'd Damien, right. you're kind of, I know Damien hates when I do this because he's like, I can't quantify this. No, no. But I, I'm just asking, is it a feeling, you know? Yeah, no, I'm actually totally with you. I mean, it's just like um, classic Americana time period. Exactly. Right? And so... Yeah, and so yeah, it was. It's been very romanticized over time. Between yeah, all the stuff that you said, the the music, the aesthetic, like cars, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I totally for example, agree yeah, exactly. Like for example, right? He spoke. They they allude to he invents skateboarding. Yeah, and he invents like rock and roll. Like if it's if it's set now and he goes back to the '90s, what's Marty inventing? Yeah, grunge, hypercolor t-shirt. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. Hypercolor t-shirt. <laughs> There's some things on the pod, man, I never think that we're ever going to talk about. And uh, hypercolor t-shirts <laughs> is one of them. <laughs> what a so terrible big. idea. No way. Weren't they so cool, though? 
Yeah, but like you're in, you're like in sixth grade and you're out like playing in PE and you get sweaty or you get yeah. hot and then they like it's just a weird vibe. True. Good point. Damon, you ever have a hypercolor t-shirt? I did not. You're a little younger than us, though. A little bit. Not much, though. Only like four years. Uh, is it four years? I mean, you're what, 35? 36. I'll be 40, bro. Okay. Don't you have older brothers? Younger. No. Nah. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. he's the oldest. Hypercolor. Google it. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if I can find one. All right. So directed by Robert Zemeckis, written by Bob Gale. Tyler, I love asking you these questions. Is this Robert Zemeckis' best movie? So let me go over just some of his hits. And if I'm missing one that you really like, let me know. Okay. But I think I hit all his, I think I have all his hits. So Romancing the Stone, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm. Back to the Future 2 and 3, Death Becomes Her, Forrest Gump, and Castaway. This is his best movie, yes. And it's not that close. I know you like retroactively hate Forrest Gump. That's a good movie. Um, it's not the best movie. Uh, I think I love Castaway. That's a movie that I love to watch. I don't know if okay. it's a great movie, but I love that movie. But this is his best movie, kind of by far, right? Uh, I think it's his best movie. I think. Well, Damien, what do you think? Before I before I say what I think, um, I th- think I might agree with you. Um, I haven't thought about this in a long time, but I remember Death Becomes Her being a, a great mm. movie. Death Becomes Her is low-key, super underrated, especially for the cast. Yeah. Dark yeah. movie, yep. funny, dark comedy. Yeah. What, Bruce Willis, Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. Goldie Hawn. Um, yeah. It's super good. I also Great love. effects. Like a cool, like a, it's again, a very, ti- very time-specific, like with their effects, like cutting-edge mm-hmm. stuff. What do you think? I, uh, I think this is by far his best movie. I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I know mm-hmm. that some parts of that movie don't hold up anymore. But for what that movie accomplished when it came out, it's pretty pretty awesome. When I look at this, I'm also kind of surprised by Robert Zemeckis' range. That's a lot of different type of movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. again, we talk about Spielberg, right? Spielberg, he's made a lot of different movies, but they're all very Spielberg movies. Now, that could be just because he's putting his touch on it and maybe he has a very specific style and, and maybe Zemeckis doesn't. And you talk about Scorsese, right? Very specific movies. I don't think any of these movies, with the exception of obviously the Back to the Future trilogy, they don't have like Forrest Gump and Castaway couldn't be more different movies, right? Yeah. Polar Express, I didn't put on here. Right? There's a he's done so many different movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a good career. And I don't know if it's because he doesn't really fall into. You have that 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 group of directors who all went to school together, right? You have Lucas, you have Spielberg, you have Francis Ford Coppola, and you have um, Scorsese, who are kind of all that, like, who we all think are the quintessential directors. And then Zemeckis is right after that. So you don't, he doesn't, I don't know who his peers would be. Mm-hmm. Like John McTiernan. There's some guys who, you know, there's, there's some action directors who are, who are big when he's big, but he's, like, right after them, and then he's obviously before, you know, Nolan. Mm-hmm. And people like that, and, and you know Fincher, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm just I'm impressed by his diversity. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know about the Castaway thing. You know, I don't pay attention to directors like you guys do. Uh, right. I didn't know that he directed Castaway as well, which I also really enjoy. And I, yeah, I can't think of like a more different movie, right? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then he he. I mean, it appears that he really likes working with Tom Hanks. Yes. 
Polar right, because you right, right off the bat, you have Forrest Gump, Castaway, and uh, Polar Express. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He's doing The Witches coming out later this year. The he remake is. of The Witches. Yeah, which is straight to, uh, I think, HBO now. Yep. HBO Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, or is it HBO Plus? I always forget what the fuck that one's Max. called. HBO Extreme. HBO Max. HBO <laughs> Extreme. Do the do. Um, Damien, when we talked about this, I don't know, two years ago, this was before Rotten Tomatoes made its uh, appearance in the Morning Geekdom. Mm. What's the percentages? Oh, fuck. I don't know. They got to be the, – the audience score has to be crazy high. I mean, give it to uh, me. What do you think? I'm just going to say 90 because I don't think it's going to be 100%. Um, but I'll, yeah, I'll say 90. For, for audience, yeah, um, I'll say like 93. All right, so 96% critics. Oh, critics. 94% audience. Okay. I'm surprised now two percent right, who we're splitting hairs, but I'm surprised that it's actually more in critics than it is on yeah. audience. Yeah. I feel like this is a '90s percent, like in the '90s yeah. percent movie for sure. There's no know. doubt, right? Another thing I'm thinking about when I thought about this movie is we always complain now that there's no originality in movies, mm-hmm. right? It's a pretty original movie. Yeah. I can't think of anything that it's pulled from i can't think of a movie that i watched growing up that that i thought like okay it's clear that back to the future stole some things from this mm-hmm. what's an earlier something that came out early before this uh time travel type movie i don't even know man yeah i can't think of anything yeah i mean i don't i know time travel's done a lot but i can't i don't really know that i enjoy time travel movies that much mm-hmm. to where i can put you know i can tell you like Looper comes to mind right off the bat. Bill and I'm Pain. sure, you know, there's somebody going to listen to this and think we're idiots for not mentioning something, but I just can't think of off the top of my head a time travel movie yeah. that I really enjoy. I mean, they'd be right. That's true. <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow, right, I guess is time traveling-ish, time jumping. Bill and Ted. Bill, Bill and Ted. Ted. Yeah. Yeah, in the, in the most, like, simplest aspect of it too, right, that it, they're going through time, but they're not spending any time in – it's a completely different type of movie than this. They're not going back and spending any time, any amount of time in the past or future. It's right. like real quick, right? One scene. Yeah. All right. So $19 million budget. What a, That's a fucking steal, man. Yeah. This movie comes out now. It's like a $200 million movie. <laughs> yeah. Made $388 million. Damn. Just in the theaters. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm not looking at what inflation is, but inflation in 35 years... On three hundred and eighty eight, this has got to be I don't know what, a six, seven hundred thousand or six or seven hundred million dollar movie with inflation of, of movie tickets and all that stuff. Yeah. Probably maybe. more. That's crazy. All right. Did anybody anybody know? I know Damien and I talked about this again a year, two years ago, but I'm sure he doesn't remember he doesn't remember like much <laughs> that we just talked about. Huh? Anybody remember how Bob Gale, who was the writer, got the idea for this movie? No clue. And All right. no. Cleaning out, he was cleaning out his, his father's attic, and he came across one of his yearbooks and wondered if he would be friends with his father if they were in high school together. Hmm. Oh, wow. Which is a great question. Yeah. yeah. There's zero chance I would have been friends with my dad. <laughs> yeah. Damien? No, zero chance I'm friends with my dad. Tyler? 
I think so. Yeah. I feel like you're probably the most similar to your dad. Like you guys have this, you guys are in the same industry. Right. You have a lot of the same yeah. talents. I think so. Probably. Although my dad <laughs> looked like a fucking nerd back then. Like <laughs> 1950s guy. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was like a meathead. So I, I'm, I don't think I'd be friends with him. Yeah. All right. And Damien, it's a hard no for you. Yeah. It's a hard no for me. <laughs> All right. So they pitched this movie f- to 40 different studios. Jeez, what? There were 40 studios in existence? Yeah. Well, I don't know that you're talking about. I mean, there's there's yeah, yeah. mass. There's the big, big studios, right? And then there's yeah. still like independent movies sure. at that point. There's smaller studios. Yeah. All of them passed on it because it wasn't raunchy enough. Because <laughs> at that time you had like Meatballs was a really popular oh, yeah. comedy, mm. Animal House. And then Disney passed on it because they couldn't get past the uh, implied... Incest. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Which I get. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I understand that. Um, and then obviously they got, they, they met with Spielberg, who at that point had already started Amblin, Amblin uh, mm-hmm. with Universal. And then he obviously became a producer of it and it's presented by, um, which I think a lot of people have the misconception that he directed this for some reason. Yeah. Same uh, with Goonies. That's that's another presented by Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. Exactly. It's hmm. it's like Nightmare Before Christmas. Everybody thinks Burton directed yeah. that too. Um, sure. So, all right. Before we get into the all the uh, the categories, I have a few specific questions. Really, just one that I want to I want to ask and see where it goes. Damien, again, I don't know how you quantify this, but I'm going to ask you first: Is Michael J. Fox the most unlikely leading man of all time? Oh, what a great question. And let me ask, and let me preface this by saying he's five foot four. Wow. Is he really? Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, obviously I knew he was not a tall guy, but uh, I didn't know Super he was baby four. faced. Yeah. And at this point he's coming off of, or he's still filming Family Ties, which is a fucking mega show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that point. And he is a young Republican in the show and the most right. popular person on TV. And I always, I, I thought recently like, if that show came out now and he was a young Republican, how popular would he be? Sure. <laughs> but I think the Republican Party was considerably different at that point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Is he the most unlikely leading man of all time? Yeah. I mean, I think if you were to like write down on a post-it note the basic formula of him, nobody's nobody's voting for that, right? Right. Sure. Um, and it's not like he – it's not like they hide him like they do Tom Cruise, right? Tom Cruise is – Famously, like five nine, right? Mm-hmm. Small guy, but they do all these different things to make him look bigger. They don't mm-hmm. try to hide Michael J. Fox's, you know, tininess <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, Tyler, you're famously short. <laughs> famously, yeah. Is Michael J. Fox because you got a little bit Michael J. Fox vibe, baby face? You look the same as you did when you were nineteen. <laughs> okay. Do you think he's the most unlikely leading man of all time? I can't think of anyone else who is you know, more unlikely than he is. Um, but it's, it's a strange question because I knew of him from family ties and he was just this great likable character. And then he hit me with back to the future. So it's hard knowing now what I didn't know then. Yeah. I, I would, I would say so, but he was such a star. Yeah. And maybe he shouldn't have been. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I mean, he's, he's handsome, right? I've, I've said, on this pod multiple I think my, I think uh, Marty McFly is the coolest movie character of all time mm. like fashion playing mu- rock music skateboarding I just think he's a 
Like yeah. it's all effortless to yeah. him. Yeah. Um, the only person I can think of that comes to mind that would be as unlikely as he's getting older and is still headlining movies, nothing like Back to the Future, is Daniel Radcliffe, is Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Because mm. he's also like 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, he led this massive franchise, mm-hmm. which that character in the books is not tiny, and he's yeah. tiny. He's still making movies, and he, he's pretty charming. I, I don't know. That's the only person I can think of, but I, I, it's, they're not even in the same stratosphere because I think Daniel Radcliffe is far more famous yeah. than Michael J. Fox. True. Yeah. So that's just something I was thinking about watching it, though, because he's, he's tiny. He looks small in the movie, though, too. Yeah, he does. And then yeah, he. Go ahead. I was gonna say Christopher Lloyd is like a big ass man. Yeah. yeah. What were you gonna say, Damien? Uh, I was just gonna say, but but I guess maybe to what Tyler was saying earlier, there's something very, or maybe you were saying it. There, there's like this perfect combination of things that just make him seem so cool, yeah. from yeah. like the skateboarding and like you know the sort of like effortless style. Like always, uh, rocking like fresh kicks. Yeah. He, even like the way he walks and like his mannerisms, he just seems cool. I think that they did. I mean, we're gonna get to it in a little bit of who they could have cast and who they ended up casting for Marty. Um, Michael J. Fox had this this weird all in one. He was cool. He was seemed like really likable, non threatening, mm-hmm. but still like handsome. Was a does a lot of great physical stuff in this movie, like physical comedy, like the the scene with him and his mom, him and Leah Thompson when he falls off the bed when she tries to kiss him, yeah. is flawless, right? Yeah. That's not you think of like oh he's just falling off the bed, but there's not even a uh, uh, like doesn't even seem like a flinch. Yeah, like Jim Carrey has that. There's some comedians that have that that physicalness. Yep, and he does all these things with like no effort, right? He's playing the guitar; it, it looks great. Like there's all yeah. of these things that he's doing. You're just like I buy it. Yeah. Totally. But he's a little Canadian man. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? Yep. Get into these categories. All right. Most watchable scene. I have a lot, so bear with me. Okay. I dare say that the whole movie is a watchable scene. I know Tyler will yell at me, <laughs> so we're not going to do that. Thank you. But I have the opening credits. The opening credits credits is iconic. Yeah. That just, you know, that slow pan through Doc Brown's is it his house? Is it his, his lab? I don't, they never really say, right? Yeah. I think it's yeah. garage. I think it's his garage, yeah. yeah. Right, but then that can't be the house he was rocking in the 50s. I know he said he has spent, I think in Back to the Future 2, he says he spent his family's fortune coming, like um, bringing the flux capacitor into existence. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so anyways, but that whole, like when they're panning through it, again, it, it's, it's old technology, but it still feels super cool. Mm-hmm. But it makes you think, like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, well, who's this guy doing all this shit, right? Yeah. Who's this eccentric ass man? Yep. And then obviously plugs into the the mic, uh, the the amplifier. He's got the sunglasses on. Just an iconic scene. It's great, man. Real quick, you ever go to your friend's house, just crank yes. every fucking thing up <laughs> to to eleven, and then and just like yeah, and then blow it out and leave. <laughs> I've never done that. But I'm thinking about doing it. Can you even do that anymore? I don't. I don't know what you actually crank up. Like nothing has dials anymore. Yeah, I don't know. True. But I would love to do it and just leave, but not blow it out, so that when they turn it on, <laughs> it just right to the face. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I didn't know where you're going with that. Um, second scene: Doc and Marty meet at the mall. 
my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. I mean, it's a culmination of like the coolest shit in this whole movie, right? The introduction to the DeLorean, like, yes. come on. You know, uh, uh, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd's chemistry, some of the greatest lines in the movie. So before we move on to the next scene, I have a couple questions about this scene. Tyler, is the, do you think the DeLorean is the most iconic motor, uh, automobile in movies or TV history? Without a doubt. And I got a couple written down here. I, I mean, I'm not even considering others. Maybe there's another uh, Knight okay. Rider, I suppose, Kit Knight Rider. Batmobile. But, sure. But to me, growing up, and I think we talked about this on the Discord app as a group, Damien, and I think you echoed what I said, or I echoed what you said. Um, the DeLorean was just the coolest thing, the coolest car. And then it blew my mind that as I got older, I learned that it was, it wasn't, I thought it was just a car made for the movie and this amazing time traveling car, <laughs> but then it was actually available to buy on the market and it was a laughing stock that nobody liked and it just flopped immediately. And I, I thought, what the fuck? This is the greatest vehicle ever created. Well, and, it should have been a precursor to understand what was going to happen because the car breaks down multiple times in the movie. That's a good point. <laughs> Damien, what was his name? John DeLorean? Yeah, I, that sounds right. Wasn't he like smuggling drugs in the cars? Well, <laughs> there was a bunch of There was of something weird to do stuff, with cocaine, yeah. cocaine and I, I want to say that that was happening. Zero surprise. <laughs> yeah. So, Tyler, the only thing I can think of that was as iconic is Ecto-1. Oh, is the Ghostbusters yeah. car. Okay. But still not as cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah, not the, as cool. That was a piece it's, of shit. It's the DeLorean, right, yeah, Damien? Yeah. yeah, I think it has to be. Ecto-1 is like you, you you see it and then you go, oh, Ghostbusters, and you think about Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's something different about the DeLorean where you think about like this adventure and then time travel and the yeah. music that you always mm-hmm. hear with it and the smoke and the sounds that it makes, which are super unique and, and like maybe we right. can talk about later. Yeah. The uh, only but. thing that I think is more iconic than the DeLorean and Back to the Future is the De- is the DeLorean and Back to the Future 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The flying DeLorean. Yeah. That's it. Because it looks different. You know, it has the, the fucking garbage thing on the back. It flies, obviously. Mr. Fusion. Mr. Fusion, thank you. <laughs> um, also, in this scene, Doc, I've never noticed it till I was this many days old today <laughs> when I noticed it, uh, or yesterday. Doc Brown's truck says, you know, Dr. E, you know, Brown, whatever, scientist, yada, yada, yada. And then it says, 24-hour science services. Hmm. Fuck does that mean? I didn't know that. I didn't know there was Look a need for like, 24-hour science services. Like, are you looking him up in the in the phone book and being like, I got to catch that 24-hour science service? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need that these days. I mean, it, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, we don't want to get into that right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means though. Yeah. I don't know either. It's, it seems kind of amazing though, right? right. Absolutely. This is pre Google and pre cell phones, right? So you're way, way pre, yeah. for sure. Pre internet. I mean, of you course. might have like a brick cell phone, certainly not a smart cell phone. <laughs> right. So, so before all that, and you could just like access it in your pocket, you had to call, Call science services. <laughs> All right, I have a few more questions, but they're going to be in later categories, so I'm going to hold off okay. for this scene. Other questions. 
all right, next scene is Marty goes back to 1955. It's the fucking best. Yeah. It's not my favorite scene, but it's to me one of the most iconic. He turns that corner and Mr. Sandman is playing and the kids jumping on fucking uh, like spring skates. And he doesn't understand what's going on. People keep asking if he jumps ship. Like, look at this dork. He thinks he's going to drown. He's got a fucking (laughs) life preserver on. And then it's iconic because we've all, I think all of us have been on the Universal Studios backlot Mm -hmm. tour. Mm -hmm. And it's painfully obvious that that is a set that they're on in the movie. But you're like, it doesn't matter. This is how they made movies then. Yeah. And it's awesome. The colors are awesome. The music. I mean, they can transform it into whatever era they want because they own that set. It's mm. it's the best. I love it every time. He goes into the fucking coffee shop. You got Goldie Wilson, mm-hmm. who underrated character in the whole movie. Yeah. Mayor. Yeah. Mayor. <laughs> Still, my favorite is he actually has the gold front. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. It's the best. Um, next scene is Marty meets his mom. Sleep for almost nine hours now. Had a horrible nightmare. Dreamed that I went back in time. It was terrible. Well, safe and sound now, back in good old 1955. 1955? And I literally just have Leah Thompson, am I right? Yes. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, 85 Leah Thompson is a smoke show. Smoke show. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I, I get it. It's his mom, so I get it. But like, I don't know, man. Leah Thompson is, is not unattractive. <laughs> so that's all I have right there. Um, the next scene is Marty versus Biff. Hmm. All right, punk. Now I'm whoa, gonna... whoa, Biff. What's that? <laughs> Again, another another iconic scene. He invents skateboarding. They get into the fight. Biff drives through manure. It's the best. Yep. Next scene, couple more. Sorry, guys. Is Lorraine asks Marty to the dance. So, as far as I know, this is the only time all three leads are in the same scene. Hmm. I know that they are in the scene when they're in in the school when he's like. Doc Brown and Marty go back to the school, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're on screen all three together except for this one scene. Yeah. And this is, spoiler, this is my absolute favorite scene of any of the Back to the Future movies because there's so much subtlety mm-hmm. and it is absolutely for me the best that Christopher Lloyd is in the whole movie. It's a great one. Because he's doing so many things like with his facial expressions. There's the great part where she, he opens the door and lets her in and she's talking to him and he's looking at Marty over his shoulder and he gives him like the big eyes, like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's the best, dude. Yeah. And then she's talking to him and he, Doc is like leaning on the, the DeLorean mm-hmm. and she's like coming at Marty and Marty's like getting pushed kind of. It's my favorite scene. Yeah. And there's not even a ton of dialogue, but I love Christopher Lloyd so much in that. Yeah. Uh, two more. Next scene, Enchantment Under the Sea dance. All right, this is, uh, this is an oldie, but, uh, well, it, it's an oldie where I come from. 
All right, guys, uh, listen, this is a blues riff from B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? I mean, Scram. Scram McFly. <laughs> right? Right, Damien? Yeah. That guy's the worst. The worst. So Zemeckis wanted to cut this out of the movie. Uh, and he said because it kind of cut into the, like, flow of it. But when they tested this in test audiences, this was, like, almost everybody's favorite scene of the yeah. whole movie. Yeah. It was like, we got to keep it in. It's a good one. Uh, and then the last scene, and you could really say it's, like, the last 15 minutes of the whole movie, is Marty goes back to the future. What's the meaning of this? You find out in 30 years. It's about the future, isn't it? It's information about the future. I warn you about this, kid. The consequences could be disastrous. Doc, that's a risk you're going to have to take. Your life depends on it. No, I refuse to accept the responsibility. Um, It's, to me, like one of the most well-done action scenes of any movie. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but there's so many things going on. Yep. And then all the way from, you know, Doc Brown, the, the thing comes undone. He has to climb back up, put it back in. The timing of that. Marty goes back to the future, sees him get shot. And then the ending scene of this movie, like Damien, when the when we don't – I don't remember when I saw this movie for the first time. I didn't see it in the theaters, obviously. Tyler, I know, didn't. Damien, I'm sure you didn't. Yeah. When that fucking when he's like wrote where we were going, we don't need roads, and the fucking DeLorean lifts up and the tires turn, dude, I was like, you know, six to noon right there, bro. Like it was, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a child. And it was like the most, it was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, right? Like the the very first time you see it, you had you had this like amazing experience that you followed along for the entire film, and you feel yeah. like you're at the end. You're like, okay, we're going to just pull this thing together and call it a day. And then they throw this fucking wild card out there. And you're just like, yeah. you're bringing me down and now I'm back up. <laughs> yeah, dude. You're immediately jacked. Yeah. And again, I don't even know at that point if I if, – because Back to the Future 2 came out in 89. So I don't even know if I had seen this and and, and knew there was another movie. I have no idea. Yeah. But I just remember that like impression of when that fucking thing lifted up. And you're like, I had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> like yep. none. Tyler? Yeah, that's if if you had seen that I I would imagine that in our minds we probably thought, well, let's keep watching. Like where are they going? It's one of those moments where you you want to only watch more of this movie and yeah. more of the stories because it was just captivating, mind-blowing all of that. So very very much on the, on the same wavelength as you in there. It's Legolas Gimli and Aragon saying, "Let's hunt some orc." Exactly. Yeah, that was my thought. Yeah. And, and you're like, "Let's fuck it." I'm I'm down to sit through yeah. four four or five more hours of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Damien, do you have? I know I listed you know 37 scenes. Do you have? Yeah. Any, you want me to recap them? No, no. I I, I have the two um, two that I had in my head. You actually already listed off. Uh, for me, it's kind of. Everything that you said about the scene where they're in the garage, uh, where Lorraine yeah. comes over, 100% I agree with. It's There's so much happening, and I feel like it's peak Doc Brown with mm. just his facial expressions, and the chemistry between all of them is amazing. Um, so that one is really high. And then the other one for my um, 
enjoyment of simplicity, if you will, the <laughs> opening credit scene. It's just, yeah. it's it's so simple, but it's so like tactile and gritty. And there's such a great texture of things uh, in the garage. And it, the whole thing just like piques my interest. Mm. And so I think because it, it really just feeds my curiosity, it, uh, there's something about it that I very much enjoy. Yeah, I'm with you. It, and it, it leads all the way into, he blows up the amp, Doc Brown, or no, yeah, Doc Brown calls him, all the alarm clocks go off, and he's like, fuck, I'm late to school. And then he skates out, and he's like skateboarding on the back of a truck. Yeah. <laughs> Again, and then Power of Love comes on, which, low-key, great song. Huey Lewis Huey. fucking slaps. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just, I'm in, man. I'm in. Tyler, favorite scene? I tried to, um, side, side note here, if we were to accidentally and, and sadly have a third child and it was a boy, <clears throat> I was, wanted to name it Huey. I love that name, Huey. <laughs> um, Perfect. Yeah. Have you watched The Boys, the show The Boys no, on Amazon? Uh, not yet. Okay. One of the main characters is named Huey. Nice. Um, you guys nailed some of my favorite scenes. I love the diner scene where Marty punches Biff and then, like you said, Anthony gets on the skateboard. The music that the score there, the, the theme, whatever you, however you want to categorize yeah. it, it makes it that much better. Um, everything that's happening there. Um, I love the scene where Marty visits George in the radiation suit as the outer space oh, yep. invader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Darth li- Vader from Planet Vulcan. Right, <laughs> yeah. That's, that, to me, that's like the, the benefit of a time travel movie and being from the future. You can have that type of um, dynamic where the person from the past sees someone from the future and it's just shocking and scary. So I, I, I like that. Um, but then the, the clock tower scene to me is... Uh, one of the best scenes ever filmed. There's so much tension in what Marty's doing, what Doc's doing, what the storm is doing. That's that's my pick is the best scene. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I don't disagree. I think you could have picked anything, yeah. any of the ones I mentioned or any other scene from the movie, and I get it. Yeah. Tyler, you just watched this with Indy. Mm-hmm. Indy is what, seven? Seven. How did he feel about this movie? He loved it. And he's... he's um, doesn't love live action movies a whole bunch yet just because yeah. the ones that i've shown aren't that great i suppose <laughs> or i mean he just he, maybe he's too young but he yeah. really really liked this movie um which made me love him even more so <laughs> you sent me a great photo of him the the moment that he realized that was it that lorraine and marty were yeah. related and lorraine was trying to smash on marty <laughs> right. yeah. And yeah. the sheer horror in that kid's face <laughs> he, he was under- amazing. Yeah, he understood. He's like the Disney <laughs> Studio exec. Like, wait, this isn't right. Yeah, this shouldn't be happening. All right, that's awesome. All right, so I have what the fuck moment. Um, Libyan nationalists or na- yeah, Libyan nationalists. Mm-hmm. They refer to them as nationalists. Shoot, Doc Brown. What is a Libyan nationalist? <laughs> I don't know what the political climate was in '85. Why are there Libyan nationalists like cruising around Southern California, like suburban (laughs) California? Is that a thing? I have no idea. They're just carrying around a fucking RPG. Like, Damien, I know we talked about this two years ago. Do you have any clarity on this now? (laughs) No, no. I have zero clarity. Uh, I guess to be fair, I did not go digging into this particular scene. I do remember being... Even when I was young watching this, going like, wait a minute, who are these guys? Like, what? <laughs> right. Maybe it was because I didn't know what Libya was uh, <laughs> or where it was. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me then or now. 
it's still it's like the one hole that this movie has, and it has always had it for me. And I'm just like, I get it. Like, I you have to have, you have to have a catalyst on why he has plutonium. Mm-hmm. Hijacking, joining a what appears to be a terrorist group for your own gain is a rough look for <laughs> Doc Brown. Yeah, it's a rough look, and it's never explained. No, he's a man on a mission. I mean, I got some questions about Doc Brown a little bit later in the pod that we can talk about, but I don't know that he's a great dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Next, ne- let's ask it after this category. All right, I'll ask the question. Next, uh, next scene is George being a peeping tom. Bad look. <laughs> Not a great look. That's right. Not a great look for your one of your main. I don't know if you want to call him a hero. Yeah, but it's a bad look. Maybe it was more okay in in eighty five. I would say it's not, but not a good look. I forgot all about that scene. That was <laughs> shocking. And uh, Biff trying to rape Lorraine. Yeah, the the amount of sexual assault in this movie <laughs> is way too high. <laughs> I mean, I can count probably three at least. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a rough look for sure. This, that this, that part of this movie has not aged well. I mean. That's, I mean, that's I a would argue thing to that say, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, you I know what, what I'm mean. saying, especially for a PG movie. That's, that, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Damien. within the context of a comedy and mm-hmm. the whole thing. See, that '85 was a the '80s were an odd time for comedy because again, we mentioned like uh, you have like Porky's, mm-hmm. you have Meatballs, you even have like Revenge of the Nerds. Those all have like moments that are pretty fucking cringeworthy. Like Re- uh, Revenge of the Nerds. The main dude has sex with a cheerleader, and she thinks it's her boyfriend when they're in the bouncy house and he's in the fucking Darth Vader outfit. That's a rough look, dude. Yeah. But it's presented like he's the hero. Mm -hmm. So, like, the 80s was real fast and loose with, you know, a little bit of sexual assault. You know, boys will be boys bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's limited to the 80s. I think it's just, like, that was the latest, and it, it existed no doubt, but the, yeah. since this is in the 80s, I'm for using sure, it in that, sure. you know. Okay. Um, do you have any what-the-fuck moments, Damien? No, I, my only two were the the sexual assault, uh, the numerous <laughs> instances of sexual assault, uh, and then and then the, like, racist Libyan thing. No. It's, it's a rough look. I know, I know. Tyler. Uh... I don't think there's a bigger what the fuck scene than when Marty's mom starts macking on him. Uh, that that's that's <laughs> strange. But you know that's coming. Yeah, you do. But then uh, another one was I, I forgot Billy Zane's in this movie, man. What the fuck? That was cool. I like he, seeing Billy. He's Zane. in one and two. Oh really? Yeah, he's he's part of his goon, part of uh, uh, Biff's goons at the at the, the um, casino. The casino. Okay. It's been a while. Does he say, we could do this the hard way or the easy way? And then he <laughs> knocks them out and he's like, the easy way. <laughs> That's, right. That's fucking Billy Zane okay. in the cowboy hat. That's great. All right. I got to, I mean, all three are equally cringeworthy for me, but I got to go with Biff trying to rape Lorraine. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. All right. So let me ask this question. Doc Brown is presented as like kind of the lovable, almost sidekick, right, to... He's the he's the one B to Marty's one A, mm-hmm. right? And then I would say George in this movie specifically is like right under them as like the heroes kind of. Is Doc Brown though a good dude? 
And is he the actual villain of the trilogy? Let me make my case. Okay. He's befriended a 17-year-old boy. Why? Okay. He puts his dog in a unproven time-traveling contraption. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> I know Tyler's ready to go. Um, he aligns himself with Libyan nationalists, and they, they make it pretty clear that they may be terrorists in this movie, okay, for his own personal gain. Uh, he is worried about Marty messing up the time, what does he call it, time-space continuum? Mm-hmm. Space-time continuum. Thank you. But he is like, I, I invented this time machine, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and even so, in the third one, spoiler alert, Tyler, obviously you know what happens at the end because we tell you that the little boy is his son. Yeah. He travels through time after he tells Marty to destroy it with his whole family just because, like, what does he tell Damien at the end? That Like, the, the future's not written, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yes, yeah, what's whatever Even though want. in this... Even though this movie, they've proven, like, you fuck up, it erases your, your brother and sister <laughs> and you. So, Tyler, am I making a case that Doc Brown is actually the villain? You are, but these are the questions we don't need to ask about our favorite movies. <laughs> the, it doesn't change it for me. Well, I'm just asking. The amount of times already in this half hour, whatever, we've been talking about how it's not a good <laughs> look. It's cringeworthy. It's tainting <laughs> to some small degree this classic flawless movie. But I mean, I can't argue with anything you just said. He's not a someone I want my 17-year-old son or it myself hanging out with. Um probably alone because he's uh, he's uh he's wanted by Libyan terrorists. So <laughs> Yeah, how does he get out of that by the way? It's just like eh, like those are the only two. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Damien yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think he's the villain. I think he's maybe the catalyst for all of this stuff. Like it, many of the things, obvious, the whole movie doesn't happen without him. Um, sure. But he's, you know, he's a scientist, and so he's in the pursuit of <laughs> knowledge and, you know, hijinks ensue along the way, <laughs> and maybe incinerating your dog. Maybe that that's the curiosity thing of being a scientist. Like sacrifices have to be made for the greater good. <laughs> when the whole scene is happening, though. Does anybody ever pay attention to, to Marty's fucking face and he how terrified he is of what's actually happening? Yes. The whole time. He looks like he shit himself and he's like, Jesus Christ, Einstein. Mm-hmm. And Doc's like, eh, he's fine. <laughs> I need. I need. Uh, I, I'm just saying. But I love Christopher Lloyd in this movie. Yeah, he's great. All right, standout performance, right? I have four here. I guess you can add one if you if you know I can understand wanting to add an additional one. Um, so I have Michael J. Fox as Marty, Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown, Leah Thompson as Lorraine, and Tom Wilson as Biff. It's not Lorraine or Biff's movie, so I think you really just narrow it down right there to Marty or Doc. It's it's Marty because before you guys answer what your give me your answer, I'm just gonna say I think it's Marty because they filmed the movie. They filmed like two or three weeks with another person, and it didn't work. Yep. So it's got to be Michael J. Fox as Marty. Because when they try to do it with someone else, they realize this shit isn't going to work. Damien? Yeah, I have... What I had written down is it has to be Doc or Marty. Uh, and I think between the two of them, it's got to be Marty, right? It's good. Yeah. Tyler? Yeah. Um, it's his for sure. As great as Doc Brown is, and 
you know, the, the look, the iconic look that he has and he's instantly recognizable. Um, and a key part of this movie, it's definitely, it's Marty. And I, we talked a bit about, uh, Michael J. Fox and his stardom earlier. Right. I was young in the eighties, born in 81. So I didn't have a full grasp on pop culture and, and who reigned supreme, but I know that Michael Jackson was the king of the world, the entertainment world. And then it seemed like there was Michael J. Fox in a group with Tom Cruise or Harrison Ford, Sigourney Weaver, Eddie Murphy, people like that. Yeah. So he, and this movie helped him become that and probably is what really made him become that level of a star. Yeah, it's a good way to think about it. Yeah, that makes sense. So before we move on to the next category, let's go through you know some people because there's a ton of people who are up for both of the main roles in this movie. So obviously, you know, famously, Eric Stoltz was casted. They filmed uh, for 34 days, and then they realized like it just doesn't work because he wasn't a comedian. He was doing like a lot of method stuff. You can watch a lot really? of the stuff on YouTube, yeah. Hmm. And there are still su- supposedly two scenes that he's actually still in the movie. Hmm. And it's where Marty is, you know, you see his hand or you see something, and that's supposed to be Eric Stoltz. But they filmed for 34 days, fired him, and it cost the $4 million to reshoot the scenes that he was in for that time. So I guess that really speaks to the vibe that he was given, right? So some of the other people that were up for Marty, John Cusack, Johnny Depp, Ralph Macchio, Charlie Sheen, John Cryer, Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr., Wow. Now, none of these people, Johnny Depp wasn't Johnny Depp yet. Robert Downey Jr., not uh, Robert Downey Jr. Ben Stiller, I'm shocked. I don't know what the fuck Ben Stiller was in at that point. Yeah. Charlie Sheen was, like, pretty well-known. John Cryer was well-known. John Cusack was, I don't I don't know if this was before Say Anything. But these are, like, pretty big names. I think Ralph Macchio might have been, like, the biggest mm. name at that point. Yeah. Or, eh, this is before, I think this is before Karate Kid, so maybe not. But now these are all like pretty big names. Yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah, none of them do as good of a job though. Definitely not. Not for the character. No, I don't think they bring the same charm. Yeah, mm. and just like general likability. Exactly. I mean, I think that's because he's Canadian. <laughs> Could be. All right, so Doc Brown is much more interesting to me. Jeff Goldblum, Dudley Moore. John Lithgow, John Candy, John Cleese, Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, Gene Hackman, Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, and Gene Wilder. Hmm. So John Lithgow was offered before uh, Christopher Lloyd. Couldn't do it, so then they hired Christopher Lloyd. I might be into this movie as well if it's John Lithgow Mm. and Gene Wilder. Yeah. Like, I'm open to hearing about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think I agree with and you. And I think because Gene Wilder has a similar look, and we know he can do the physical comedy, yeah. right? We know he you know, we, he can be the... I think the, the closest thing would be like a Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Has a little bit of, of of Doc Brown vibe. But I think that Christopher Lloyd is perfect. But I'm more... I'm open to hearing John Lithgow and Gene Wilder. Yeah, John Lithgow is a great... He would have been great here. Also a giant man, though. Yeah. Like 6'5". Yeah. Uh, Tyler, are you in for Eddie Murphy as Doc Brown? No, no. Although he has the same type of, you know, not hysteria, but just the... Manic? Yeah, he's just over the top and would have been fine. But uh, 
like pre coming to like this is this is like Eddie Murphy raw era where it's like it's yeah it's like a uh, Beverly Hills cop yeah yeah he he couldn't have played this uh yeah no nah. he's also like the most famous man in the world at this point right yeah. yeah i mean at some point he had like i think one of the close to the number 1 album one of his comedy albums SNL and 48 hours then uh you know um Beverly Hills cop like at some at one point he's the most famous actor yeah alive yeah. maybe one of the most famous people true i don't think they're getting him for this movie no he may be on the wish list. All right. Let's go into uh, the next category. Worst performance. I got nobody. I don't think anybody gives a bad performance. Nobody. Tyler's shaking his head, yeah. so no. Damien? Yeah, same thing. I got nobody. All right. The Nicolas Cage Award for overacting. Oh, okay. I got one person. It's Crispin Glover. I like Crispin Glover in this movie. He's doing a lot of weird shit, dude. He's doing a lot of fucking arm, weird face movements, a lot of fucking things with his voice, a lot of shit. Yeah. But I'm in for it. I'm here for it. But it's a lot. He's real kooky. I feel like this is, he saw what Christopher Lloyd was doing. He's like, I can do that, but I can take it up like 10 notches. <laughs> kooky, is, kooky is a great word for that. Uh, I didn't <laughs> I didn't put him down for that. The thing that I, that I wrote down or that I, the only thing I could think of is, I feel like you have to give it to everybody or to no one because, like, in their own way, everybody's kind of overacting. And so the whole thing feels like everybody rebaseline, and it's just that's how sort of people are in the movie. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe because everybody is doing it, nobody feels like they're doing it, if that makes sense, with the exception of him. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, you know, like Goldie is doing it. Mm hmm. Uh, some of the guys, uh, Marvin Barry, Chuck Berry's cousin, <laughs> is doing it a little bit. The goons, his uh, uh, Biff's goons are doing it a little bit. Yeah, there's there's basically nobody in the movie that's like really even keeled. Okay. I think, I was going to say Lorraine is, but she goes from like the damsel in distress to the like aggressor like real quickly. Yeah. So even, I think even she's doing it a little bit. Okay. Tyler, you got anybody? I am 1,000% with Damien. Everybody in this movie is just going for it, and I nominated them all for this award. Biff, <laughs> over the top. Younger younger Goldie Wilson is at an 11. Principal Strickland is just a fucking oh, yeah. dick. And uh, <laughs> That dude's a dick in everything. Exactly. Yeah. So right. t- like a year later, he was in Top Gun being a fucking dick to Tom Cruise. <laughs> got his finger like this, and he's like, you're this close to fucking hauling horse shit from Saigon or something like that. I don't know. He's real sweaty in that movie. I just know that. I need you to say he's a dick, Anthony. You say it in such a powerful way. I love when you say he's a dick. <laughs> I mean, is he not? He is, but yeah, the way you say that, it's just like, <laughs> like I feel it in my soul. <laughs> All right. Uh, another question. We talked about Doc being the villain, potentially. I, la- I made my case. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say something I don't want to say, but I'm going to put it out there. Is Marty a creep? Uh, let me let me let me yeah build a case. Let me let me just maybe not a creep. Maybe creep is the wrong word. He's got Jennifer right. Claudia Wells smoke show. Not only a smoke show at that point, unbelievably supportive. Like let's be honest, the Pinheads, Marty's band, not mm-hmm. great. <laughs> and she's like, no no, you're great, you're great. Like send your record in to the. She's she's awesome, right? Yeah. She's like telling him how great he is, everything. He's like turning around, checking out other girls as they're walking by, right in front of her. 
she's like, oh, you got something good here. You don't need to do that. Mm. He just doesn't. He just is worried about you know parents' car gets smashed. He's like, ah, I'm just trying to go to the fucking mountains and 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 hook up with my girlfriend. I don't really care. He just I, and there's some parts that I'm like, I don't know that he's a great dude. I think you're sort of, you're, you're you're grasping at straws. All right, the fair. Yeah, I I'm with you. There's there are definitely some characteristics that are not admirable. Uh, I don't know if creep is the right word. There's just something that's like kind of scummy about him. Hmm. Like he's gonna he's, he's gonna push up on his mom so George can punch him. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I know that's for the greater good. Right. I get it. So that he doesn't, you know, he he is in existence. He also has purple underwear. <laughs> now I don't know where purple underwear for a dude falls into my my list of like douchey moves, like big truck, sunglasses <laughs> indoors, like purple underwear is on that somewhere. <laughs> so I don't know how aggressive that is though, especially eighty five. Like maybe eighty five purple underoos were like the, the business. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you guys love lists, so if you want to put that list together <laughs> and let me know where where uh, the lavender mankini falls on the list, I'd be curious to hear about it. Can we all agree, though, that Jennifer appears to be a very supportive and good girlfriend? Yeah, Jennifer yes. seems amazing. Yes, Great, right? Yeah. Like a keeper. For mm-hmm. sure. I mean, this is why I married my high school sweetheart. Because mm-hmm. she supported your shitty band? <laughs> and my purple underboobs. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, who did the most with the least? So I got Mr. Strickland, James Tolkien, Donald Full of Love. I don't know if it's Full E Love or Full of Love as Goldie Wilson, <laughs> Claudia Wells as Jennifer, and Huey Lewis. I don't know what Huey Lewis's name was in the movie, but you're just too darn loud. <laughs> Damien, do you have anybody you want to add? Not that I would add. My the thing, the one that I had down was Goldie. Goldie's amazing. I know. It's just and it's so he's in the movie so little, um, but he's so memorable. <laughs> Mayor. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler. I had Huey Lewis on the list, but um I I almost said Biff, but he's he's not he's not in a lot. He's in the key parts, he's the climax of the movie, he's a huge central role, central character, but his screen time yeah. is limited. So I almost I, I considered him in some way. But, um, I think because he's such like a catalyst yeah. to the movie, he has such such a central part yeah. in the movie. He can't be like who did the most of the least yeah. because he is. That's like saying, and I'm not comparing the two, but like Vader, yeah, would be like who did the most of the least. Like he's in it, he's not in it to have a ton of screen time, but he is like one of the main plot points. Yeah, I think I was surprised at how little he was in it, just knowing how much he he um, dominates the story in certain ways, but. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, with Huey Lewis. Love that guy. Huey Lewis. There, I think any any of the four I mentioned would be uh, would be a good pick. I gotta go with with Goldie because it's just that scene is so memorable to me. But yeah. again, Huey Lewis. But you just see Huey Lewis and you're like, ha, that's Huey Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Like this dude is Goldie Wilson. Yep. Yeah. All right. Tyler, you love lists. I love lists. Damien, not so much on the list. In the pantheon of villains, movie villains, where does Biff fall? Wow. I could spend the next five days thinking about this. Um, <laughs> he's just automatically. And don't think that this pod will not be coming. Right. The greatest movie villains of all time. Thank you. Um, I can't wait for that. 
it automatically he's top 10 without thinking even too much about it. He's so fucking hateable <laughs> apart from being a fucking wannabe rapist. He's just, you know, bullies in the world to me are the worst things and they should all be smacked in the face. Like Marty punches him in the face. So he's like, and he's got a flat top. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. He's just, he's the quintessential bully. And I mean, he's, he might be top five. I fucking hate. That. I feel like he might be. Yeah. I feel like he might be. My the the thing I struggle with though is as much as he's hateable in this and the rape part, mm. he's so much more di- he's so much more unlikable in two and three. Two isn't yeah yeah two for sure. He in this has some like it pains me to say like some redeeming qualities. He's kind of funny like he has some light moments right mm-hmm. with some of his lines. Uh, the second one especially when he's playing two different characters. The third one, Mad Dog Tannen, is not likable. No. Yeah. Damien? No, I agree with you. He's trying to shoot dudes in the back. Right. He shoots a horse. With the Derringer. <laughs> <laughs> I do my killing before breakfast. Like, he's just, he sucks. Yeah. I wish, just a quick side note, I wish the, uh, the people listening could see the entire time Tyler was speaking there, he had his hand clenched in a fist like he was ready to fight the whole time. <laughs> just, it makes And him- he's like... Tyler's not fucking like he he's putting thought into it right oh, there. Yeah. Like you could see yeah, I how see wheels turn. he's like, this is a serious question. Yeah. And he's got the fist up and he's like, I'm fucking angry. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I told you Tyler's the most like Marty out of anybody on the pod. Yeah, you might be right. That's what makes that's another thing that makes Marty so great. It's a little dude stands up to anybody <laughs> and fucking knocks him out. I mean, he tries. I mean, he tries. George is the one who knocks him out. Well, okay, but it, he also tries to cheap shot people, though. Like, I mean, Marty in the second one tries to punch him when he's not looking. He does the same when he says, "Hey, look over there." And he punches Biff in the diner. So, either way. Oh, that's true. Whatever you got to do. Oh yeah, in the second one, he tries to kick him in the balls, yeah. right? <laughs> All right. Um, does this still hold up? So this is obviously the category that, you know, thirty-five years later, does this work still in the movie? Uh, George McFly being a peeping tom. <laughs> Uh, Biff trying to rape people and Libyan terrorists. <laughs> Everything in my what the fuck moment. None of those hold up. Yeah. Damien, do you have anything you would like to add? Nope. I think you pretty well covered it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they're equally all as no, they don't hold up. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, all those things. None of those things are good. Just overt racism with the uh, Marvin Berry and the Starlighters and the, oh my the, God. the, term that one of the cronies biff's cronies says yeah n- n- not good yeah no it's a bad look and then he calls them reefer addicts as well that's right that does not hold up but that's just more funny yeah you know, because that's how people i mean my mother-in-law still thinks that <laughs> Jesus. yeah anybody who smokes pot is a, like a addict um so then we have this holds up so these are things that still work in the movie again we've we've lamented over michael j fox mm-hmm. for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, so obviously Michael J. Fox as Marty still holds up. The DeLorean still holds up. Claudia Wells as Jennifer, because obviously it's not still Claudia Wells in two and three. Yeah. It's Elizabeth, or yeah, two and three, it's Elizabeth Shue. Um, the score. Yes. Uh, Alan, I think his name's Sylvesky, Sylvester. who I know has done, yeah. go ahead, Tyler. Sylvester, yeah. yeah. He's done a ton of shit. Mm. Most notably the most recent Avengers movie. Hmm. But this is still like the business to me. This is still by far his greatest thing. And you forget how like kind of epic this is until you watch it again. Yeah. It's great. And it is a solid like 48 minute score 
that is just iconic, right? Mm-hmm. The sound effects that the score produces, the 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 theme, it's so good. What are you gonna say? Uh, what else did he do? Like what other movies? Do you know? Uh, he's done a lot of stuff for Zemeckis. I would have to pull it up in front of me. Nothing I don't think is iconic as this thing. Okay. Like nothing that jumped out at me. Got it. But it's a lot. He has, I mean, way more credit, uh, way more um, things than like John Williams, Danny Elfman, any of the the composers that you think of right off the bat, like Howard Shore. Mm-hmm. He has way more stuff than all of them. Mm-hmm. I think Tyler's looking it up right now. Yeah, I mean, just the shitload. <laughs> it's like it's five a things a year, literally, that he did. Yeah. Wow. And then the last thing that holds up is chemistry, the whole chemistry of the whole thing. But honestly, I think it, it – I narrow it down to either Marty or the DeLorean because, again, you still see the DeLorean out. And to Damien's point earlier, that's what – this is what you think of. You don't mm-hmm. think of anything else. Michael J. Fox, there's still some people that think of, like, Teen Wolf mm-hmm. or uh, Family Ties or whatnot. But, like, the DeLorean, this is it. Damien, you got anything you want to add? No, not anything that I would add. I would, I would, I think I would agree with you on the DeLorean. There's – there are still like to this day entire like subcultures of people who buy this car and spend you know probably their life savings trying to make it a replica of the car from the movie um which is completely insane to me and i love it Uh, but i i think like i think for me it's it's tie maybe a slight loss to uh, between between the DeLorean and the chemistry between Marty and Doc Brown because it's just yeah. it could not be any better uh, and I yeah I was trying to think of like other other pairs of characters and movies that have this the same type of chemistry and I couldn't really sure. think of of another pair at least quickly anyway and yeah I, I feel like you I just want to watch them do regular things whether it's in a you know a sitcom or just yeah. thing going you know going on their mini adventures like rick and morty totally like exactly <laughs> like rick and morty yes <laughs> i think the only people that come to mind with the same chemistry is uh morgan freeman and tim robbins mm. from shawshank different chemistry yeah but still that instant like buddy chemistry yeah because doc brown and 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 marty don't feel like they're like uh, father and son. They feel like they're friends, even though there's a crazy age difference. Totally. Tyler, you got anything you want to add? Yeah, I'll also add just the style still. We, we both, we all said the it's like a time capsule of a movie. Um, everything yeah. is just preserved perfectly. The 50s style it looks amazing. Um, looks Looked great then. Now it's still just as great. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it, it, the, the fashion looks looks amazing still. Um Tyler, you have a you have a child. Damien, you can, you know, exclude yourself from this question. What like age would you let either child go overnight camping with their boyfriend girlfriend? <laughs> I mean, like solo. I, I went on some high school camping trips with people. I guess there were some parents involved. <laughs> Marty is clearly going with his high school girlfriend camping in a truck. And the mom is completely okay with it at the end of the movie. Yeah. I mean, their life is just all coming up aces at the end. You know? So what does it matter? You can just do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> sure. Now, I mean, what's that going to be? Like 2035? 20, 
early 2030s what's the world gonna be like in 10 years from now uh, it, will there be i mean civil war for sure <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> i don't really want i get i i come to this podcast to not talk yeah, about the world. politics to get away from the politics yeah well i'm just saying you know what will the social mores be like t- 10 years from now we the things that we found unacceptable as kids uh, and our parents found unacceptable when they were parents young, to younger kids uh, will probably be like i mean weed will be legal nationally and uh cocaine will be followed right behind it and all sorts <laughs> of stuff so i mean our parents let you and i drive yeah. at age 16 and 15 from Arizona to California, just the two of us in a 1988 Ford Tempo with 188,000 miles on it. No cell phones. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's not that wild. <laughs> uh, I guess not. What a great trip that was, great by trip. the way. Blasting the Such... Puff Daddy's album <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> what were we listening to? That new terrible Puff Daddy CD. That might have been true. Yeah. I don't remember. I do. Yeah, but that, at like a 10 the whole yep. way. Uh, would this be would this movie be better if Gary Oldman was in it? And if so, who would he play? It's a hard no for me. Hmm. Tyler, I think he could play Mr. Strickland. He, he's a fucking yeah, he's a dick. That, he's not that old at that point, though. I don't in eighty five, right? Yeah, but I don't think Mr. Strickland looks that old. I mean, he looks fifty then, and he looks fifty now. So it's like I don't know how old <laughs> that guy is. Yeah, I just think. I mean, if you're if this is a big hypothetical. You can put Gary Oldman in now, like now time Gary Oldman back then to be, I don't know. I yeah, don't but see, this is what I always think about with Gary Oldman. Like Mr. Strickland feels like he's just a dick. Yeah. Gary Oldman feels like he might actually kill you. <laughs> right. Like Christopher Walken, even at his age now, feels like he might stab you in the face with a soldering iron. <laughs> so I'm, I don't know, man. Mr. Strickland just feels like the the quintessential like high school principal who's a dick but won't actually do anything. Where I feel like Walken, Oldman, they might actually murder you. It's the wrong tone. <laughs> it's all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do it again. Anyways, Damien? Yeah, the only thing I wrote down is like maybe he could be a scarier version of Strickland, but otherwise mm. there's there's nowhere nowhere else that he slots in. Off topic, is there anybody who's more unlikable, especially in 2020, and is more threatening than 2015 Biff? 2015. When he's oh, in, yeah. the casi- in the casino? No. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not 2015. That's 85 Biff, right? Yeah. In, uh, the, in the alternate time frame. Yeah, yeah time timetable. Yep. Yeah, 85 Biff in the, in the second one. 2015 Biff is the old one. Yeah. And then Griff. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But Biff has a real Trump vibe <laughs> in the second one. That's what the uh, Bob Gale. There's a story out there. I was going to bring that up, I, but I excluded politics because I know we don't want to talk go that route. Bring but it up, Tyler. He said Biff is Trump. He said that's what this. That's <laughs> what we have here. I'll send you the link. It was it was enlightening and spot on. Dude, he's real okay with killing a 17-year-old <laughs> and then saying, like, I'll push. It'll look like you pushed your ass off or you fell off the fucking building with lead poisoning. And, and, and I killed your father. <laughs> and I'm smashing on your mom and these chicks in the fucking jacuzzi. It's a terrible look. Yeah. Yep. Man, Biff is, he's top five 
evil, evil, See? most villainous people ever. Yeah. Top five. He's behind Vader. He's probably behind Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And behind, but he's up there. And behind what's her name? Also from the Potter. Umbridge. Yeah, Umbridge. Fuck shit. Hermione. Oh, no, not Hermione. Yeah, Umbridge is up there too, she is dude. Way up there. She's probably a Trump supporter too. Like, let's just get it out there. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Damien, she voted red, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, new category. Ooh. Okay. You guys don't know about mm. this, and it's strictly. It's this is how this is this is the the question. Can you answer this? Okay. I got two, right? One of them we already talked about a little bit, so we can elaborate on that a little more. The first one, Damien, how does a vintage VW bus catch a DeLorean, specifically 88 miles an hour? Okay, 88 miles an hour if you throw it out of an airplane. That's the only way it's, it's hitting that. <laughs> um, even then, honestly, the like aerodynamic properties of a brick are such that a thing that would probably tumble and still be doing like 45 miles an hour. Uh, it's just hanging. Out of the airplane. Yeah. It's just hanging, right? Gliding. For sure. I thought the exact same thing while watching this. I think I probably thought this every time I watched this movie. You know, it's raining like the ground, or it was raining, the ground's wet. Mm. Maybe Marty doesn't know how to sure. drive. Who yeah. knows? Maybe they did like a, you know, a Subaru engine swap in the VW bus. <laughs> like, I, who knows? I don't know. Okay. So you're saying there might be unknown, like there's factors we don't have. Yeah, we for, don't know about. For sure. It's not so much the top speed, but it's the fact that it accelerates at the same rate. <laughs> right. They're pacing each other. The aforementioned yeah. DeLorean yeah. accelerates. Yeah. In the rain. It ain't happening. No, it's not happening. Okay, Tyler, do you have an answer for me? Because nobody can answer this. I don't. You, you two are smart people for even thinking about it. Um, yeah, the, the maneuverability of that vehicle compared to the DeLorean, just, it's not, there's no answer for this. I feel like if Doc got in his his science truck, his twenty four hour science <laughs> truck, would be about the same acceleration as that vintage, probably sixty five, with two dudes in it, <laughs> Volkswagen bus, and an RPG. This is probably what the twenty four seven science services are. They needed to find <laughs> out how to make this thing go top speed. You know. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's what Doc was doing, helping him with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Physicist. <laughs> My other question, and I want to know, can somebody answer this for me, is why are Doc and Marty friends? Which I asked it earlier, and that was just in passing when I said, is Doc a villain? But I want to actually know, does anybody know why this 17-year-old, and I don't know, what's Doc, 65, 55? Mm-hmm. I mean, does it matter at that point? It's like splitting hairs. <laughs> Say 55. Say 35, what the fuck? <laughs> He's not 35. Doc Brown is not 35 but, years but old. Still, but I understand what you're yeah. saying. Damien, why are they friends? Yeah, I have no idea why they're friends. There's like the one mention that Strickland makes like, oh, you've been hanging out with that like crazy old scientist or something like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Just sort of implying that he's known in the community. Um, But 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 I have no idea how they would have met. Right. Or or how they became like such great friends. Yeah, there's no like they're not part of fucking Facebook groups. (laughs) Right. True. What? But. That's the that's another question, and I was going to piggyback on this, is why is the only person that appears to be looking out for Marty is Strickland? <laughs> that's a good mm. point. Yeah. Even though Strickland's like, you're going to fucking be a nobody like your dad, yeah. which is kind of rough. Yeah. 
He's he's doing when like God. What I don't know what I don't know what George was doing in high school that was so bad besides being a fucking nerd and writing <laughs> you know fan fiction. Right. Yeah, not hurting anybody. That's for sure. No man, he ain't rape. Well, I mean, he's a peeping tom. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he has a peeping tom. Fuck. He he has great fashion. Oh yeah, the fifties fashion. Marty and George look fucking banging, like amazing. Yeah. Even Biff looks yeah. cool. Tyler, why are they friends? <sighs> no, I mean, you can't say that Marty's this brainiac who's just who's caught the eye of this physicist who you know wants to mentor an up-and-coming scientist <clears throat> that's not it so who the hell knows there's no reasonable rational explanation like thank god in back to the future 3 they give doc a love interest <laughs> that's, you know what i'm saying <laughs> i know what you're getting at yeah that's all that's all okay. that's all i see it took me, yeah, I don't it know. Took it, me a minute it, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> At least in Rick and Morty, aren't they grandfather and grandson? Yeah, yeah. So they they explain it away that way. Yeah. I'm just asking. But can you answer this is going to be a new a new uh, uh, question, a new category in the pods. I like it. Yeah. Good addition. What do you guys think? I dig it. Okay. Most memorable line. A lot of lines in this mm-hmm. movie. Now I, I'm not gonna go with the typical oh that's heavy and I'm not gonna go with great Scott right because those are those are great everybody knows about yep. it. I am gonna go with I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. <laughs> if my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles an hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. <laughs> Which the sheer look that Marty looks at Doc when that thing is revving the engine and it's spinning and he looks at him and he like steps away <laughs> and Doc's like what the fuck. Is one of my, again, favorite moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's an idiot. Comes from his upbringing. <laughs> Parents are probably idiots, too. <laughs> Lorraine's dad <laughs> saying that Lorraine is an idiot without knowing he's saying Lorraine is an idiot is amazing. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure at some point I will utter that to my kid. <laughs> uh, roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Again, the ending, you're like, what the fuck is happening right mm-hmm. now? And why don't we have cars, flying cars in 2015, yeah, by sure. the way? This... This, somebody fucked up the timeline somewhere. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? <laughs> so those are mine. Damien, do you have any? Yeah, I had a couple that you didn't have. Uh, one that might be my favorite, you know, staying away from all the cliche ones, is uh, what happens in the future? Do we become assholes or something? It's <laughs> the best. It's <laughs> the best. Uh, and then... Which I, I always feel like I always remember that from the second movie, mm. which I know it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's the end of the first one, but I always – that is such a great line. Yeah. And then the <laughs> other two are not so much the line itself, but the way that he delivers them uh, where Marty sees his dad and he's like, he's a peeping Tom. <laughs> he's like, you know, in the, up in the tree. He's disgusting. Yeah, he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, Going back to the uh, to the do we grow up to be are they are we assholes or something? The look that uh, Doc gives yeah. him is like he's actually trying to think like <laughs> yeah. he, how do like but, maybe like, like kinda y- yes he's like no 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 but no. that's not the reason I'm here <laughs> right yeah. and then the the last one which is also more on the delivery which is the one where Marty yells when they're in the garage uh, at Doc Brown's house what the hell is a gigawatt. <laughs> Oh yeah, Great gigawatt, deal. isn't it? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the best. <laughs> that whole I don't have that in my scenes, but that whole scene is amazing too. Because he's like, "Who's your fucking president?" <laughs> Ronald Reagan. He's like, "Ronald, the actor." <laughs> Also, I like how he uh, asks him these questions as if there was a way that he could validate whether or not it was true or not. Yeah. Nothing he says is going right. to be – he's not going to take anything he says as yeah. truth. Do you know what this means? That's the best deal he <laughs> yes. has. The, head, the thing on his head. This thing doesn't work. <laughs> he calls him future boy. Yeah. It's the best. Tyler? Uh, I love Lorraine's dad saying, who the hell is John F. Kennedy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a rerun yeah and then uh, you have two TVs you must be rich um, you guys hit a lot of them and then I love the way subtle subtle line this is just a sneaky funny super well written movie um, but then when Marty's talking to his uncle he says better get used to these bars kid <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jail, Jailbird yeah. Joey alright yeah for me I think my favorite is going to be the, the line that her dad gives He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. Parents probably <laughs> parents probably idiots too. Um, I mean, the serious shit line is classic though, right? But that's so cliche. But it's it's a classic yeah. one. Damien, if I was to tell you that Back to the Future was the same story, but the DeLorean was going to be a refrigerator, your thoughts are, and would you see the movie? Uh, it's going to be a refrigerator. Yeah. So all the parts where they're driving, I mean, take that out because I don't know how they'd make the refrigerator move. <laughs> I don't know the the you know the 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 science behind making the refrigerator time travel. Uh, yeah, I mean, my interest <laughs> is peak still. Okay, all right, Tyler. I suppose, yeah. I mean, I'd watch it, but it ruins so much of it, right? Or just changes so much of it fundamentally. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next category, the Samwise Gamgee Award for Biggest Wet Blanket. I got one person, and it's nobody I've ever thought about, and she's not in any of my other categories, but it's the Clock Tower Lady. Ooh. She's the biggest cock block in the history of cock blocks. The same. I mean, he literally gives her some money to get away because he's trying to, like, push up on his girlfriend, mm -hmm. and she's like, they're getting ready to kiss, and she throws up the, the thing in his face. The, the jingle and jangling yeah. uh, money thing. Like, lady, here's a quarter. Fucking kick rocks. <laughs> I mean, she's she's significant to the story because she gives him the flyer to which then, you know, they're able to figure out when the when the lightning is going to hit the, the clock tower. I get that. But calm down, lady. <laughs> like, give him a couple minutes. Damien, what do you got? Yeah, that's a great pick. And I am I think I can get down with that. I never thought about her uh, mm. as as the wet blanket character. The only one that I could, that I put down was, was Strickland. Um, mm -hmm. but it didn't really feel right. Uh, I mean, something about it doesn't feel right. It's, it's part of his character and he's just like, yeah, like you said earlier, he's the, the principal who's just kind of an asshole. Yeah. Uh, he, he feels a little bit less like a wet blanket. Tyler. Yeah. I'm going Strickland too. He's just a dick. Um, and just yeah. trying to just putting a damper on everything. He he has like some history with Doc Brown, right? Yeah, has to. Like, there's something going on we don't know about. Yeah. All right, yeah, I, I I gotta I gotta imagine. Is anybody else uh, weirded out by the sheer amount of vodka that Lorraine is drinking <laughs> pre going back to 1955 when she's got like the chubby suit mm -hmm. on 
and she's real puffy and her brother is still in jail and she's just fucking it's like a 16 ouncer of like cheap vodka yeah she's she just literally just has a straight up bottle of like room temperature (laughs) pop-off vodka yeah and and i'm also i'm also like a little uncomfortable with the amount of peanut brittle (laughs) that fucking george is eating like where did marty come from like he's not like these people at all. That house is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. start the movie. Both brother and sister are living there too. Right. Like it's a lot. Yeah. A lot of vodka. I'm I'm a little I'm a little like uncomfortable with the amount of vodka she's drinking. No fucking mixer mm-hmm. either. Like just killing it. It's like rubbing alcohol. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. All right, movie real estate, best place to live. Doc Brown's 1985 lab, which we agreed might not be his lab. It actually might be his home at that place at that time. Uh, Doc Brown's house in 1955, which is baller. Baller. (laughs) Marty's new house in 1985, which, why does his truck get the one spot in the garage? Brand new truck. I don't know. I'm just asking. And he's parked like in the middle. Like you couldn't scoot that thing over a little. But whatever. I mean, the, the answer is 1955 Doc's house. Damien, but what do yeah, you think? Yeah, zero question about it. Um, Doc Brown's 55 house, which is the Gamble house in Pasadena, not too far from where I grew up. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, considered by many to be like the, the <laughs> finest example of craftsman style architecture in existence. It's a gorgeous house. Uh, and I think that at this point, the city of Pasadena and... A university or some some somebody else like co-own it or something like that right now, like it's a historical. Yeah, house. yeah. I mean, the guest house looks pretty baller too because that's where he runs to when he like doesn't let Marty in. Is he looks like he runs to like a guest house too, right? Yeah, there's something weird about that where I think that's actually not part of the house, or maybe it's the garage. There's something someone I remember reading about where one of those is not part of the other in real life anyway. Movie magic, yeah. bro. It's movie yeah. magic. Tyler, oh, he may say I'm about to watch go on the virtual tour of the Gamble House. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, that that's that house. I'd, I'd never noticed it before watching it recently, um, but that is just a dynamite house, mm-hmm. and still, it's beautiful. Yeah. Wow, it's a block past Maple, John F. Kennedy Drive. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what do you wish there was more of? I think we kind of all three talked about it just, uh, you know, I don't know, 30 minutes ago. It's the end of the movie. Like, we wish it would have just continued. Mm -hmm. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Fucking thing lifts up. We're like, all right, let's go. I'm good. Like, I'm still here. Let's watch the rest. Let's watch another two, three hours. For me, that's what it is. I wish there was more of the movie. Damien? Yeah. So if you take away those last couple of minutes, otherwise, I don't want anything more. I feel like it's kind of the, the perfect mixture and timing of everything where... There's nothing where I feel we we I feel exceptionally needs to be added or anything like that. It's kind of just it's very well balanced. I absolutely agree. I wouldn't. I mean, it's a great runtime. It's like a hair under two hours. Doesn't feel long. Yeah. There's not. It doesn't feel like there's a lull in the movie to me at all. So I'm in. But I would like. I mean, if it was if they would cut one and two together, you know, they filmed two and three together. Mm-hmm. But if they would have cut one and two together i would have watched it yeah anything for you tyler yeah i'm inclined to say nothing but i think if i had to pick something i would maybe want to see more of the delorean hitting 88 miles per hour and just transporting through time that was just so much fun each time like damien said the noises that it makes 
the effects, everything about it is just super cool. And you see it a few times and that's enough, but it's so cool if I had to pick something, I want to see that a few more times. Absolutely. Real quick on that note, I feel like the last time I watched this movie, maybe the last two times, I feel like there's a total missed opportunity when you see the DeLorean the very first time right. out of uh, coming out of the back of the van truck thing. There's like the car ramp. Right. They back it out and, you know, the, the van is filled with smoke. So it's a bit, you know, mm-hmm. revealing. But they, they back it out, which felt like an always felt like an odd or since I realized yeah. this, it felt like an odd kind of move to me. I feel like the, the right sure. move would have been turn on the headlights and yeah. it looks very mysterious and then kind of drive it out that way. It just seemed odd to me. Yeah, I think that they, I mean, I'm assuming that they back it out because the back is so dramatic looking compared to the front because they've added on those big, like yeah. whatever those are supposed to be. I don't know if they're supposed to be like additional exhaust. They almost feel like a, a bigger part of the engine, but the back of the car and the inside is what's really changed the most to a normal DeLorean, yeah. right? I agree. And I'm sure that's the reason why they yeah. did it, but I feel like with the you know with it being dark and the smoke and what you're really doing is listening to the crazy sounds that it's making i wish that it came out nose first that thing's got a real like it's got a twin turbo vibe to it because when it gets going you can hear that like high like squealing sound Mm -hmm. i don't know it's cool it's Still to this day, I think one of the coolest cars in any movie ever. And every time I see one, because they'll have people, like you said, Damien, there's a you know culture, like there's a subculture of people who have them and you know create that movie look to them and they bring them to conventions. It's still like the coolest yeah. thing. I'm amazed on the inside always yeah. too. Also, like the fucking windows of that thing roll down like six inches. Like the car, the dude who created the car, you're just also thinking like how much cocaine were you <laughs> actually doing? Because... It's a fucking weird looking car and not doesn't appear to be very practical. No. And it's like super slow. The whole thing. Super, super heavy. Yeah, he, I have a great idea. Just make the whole thing out of galvanized steel and then like you don't have to worry about yeah. the exterior. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to put like fucking <laughs> these crazy ass doors right. on it and it's going to be a massive car, but it's going to be a sports car, but it's really not right. going to be. It's going to be pretty low performance. Yeah. And I think it overheated a lot if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. There's, nothing, there's a reason that you don't see very many of them. Well, it's the cocaine. It's a hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug. Uh, <laughs> a hell of a drug. All right, the best. So is this the, the best that these people have been or will have been, or is it their peak of their career? Michael J. Fox? Damien? Uh, no. Tyler? I want to hear more. He's going to say back to the future. Oh, <laughs> I'm way too predictable. <laughs> all right, all right. Well played, well played. Yes, yes. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm so conflicted. I think this is obviously my favorite movie, but this propelled him to... He's done a lot of stuff after mm-hmm. this, including two and three. But then he had, what was it, Spin City? He had a pretty popular mm-hmm. show. Um, he's done a ton of movies, dude. A ton of movies. From like Doc Hollywood to... What was the horror movie he did? Creepers or something oh, like that? Yeah. I can't remember. But I mean, he's done a ton of mm-hmm. shit. But this is definitely, I think, the best he's been. Or my favorite, at least. Christopher Lloyd, who has done a ton of shit that we don't think about, but Damien? Um, was it Camp Nowhere that he was in? Yep. Yeah, I remember that one. And Adam's Family 1 and 2. Yeah, I remember the, the, him being great in those. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, of course. Then of it's course. the minutes. Fucking Judge Doom. Yep. I don't know. 
I, I think maybe if I had to give an answer without really thinking about it for a long time, it's probably yes, this is the best one because it feels it feels very, very iconic to, to him, even though he was in a bunch of these other movies. So yeah, I'm, I might just say yes. It's absolute, I think it's, well, Tyler, go ahead. Yeah, this is it, but I'm glad you touched on some of his other roles, even things like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, different, yep. very different type of character there than what he plays, like as Judge, Judge Doom. Um, yeah, but uh, even Taxi, Taxi, right? He was in yeah. a massively popular yeah. TV show. Clue, Professor Plum is Clue. Yep. Yeah, he's great. Yep. Yeah, I think it's this because this is his most iconic, and I feel like this is the closest to his real persona. Mm. And I have no idea if that's true, but I just think obviously I think he dialed it up a bit. But I think he's probably this eccentric and his crazy ass voice like if he doesn't have that crazy ass voice i don't think doc brown is as likable either yeah, yeah. he's doing weird like like stuff like he does this fucking crazy ass voice and i don't know i love it i love everything about it uh and then robert zemeckis we talked about it earlier um damien uh i don't remember off the top of my head all of the movies that were listed but yeah off quick recollection uh yes I feel like maybe it's maybe it's because of our age and when we grew up, but I think I'm gonna have to say yes. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's the it's this is it for me. I think some of his other stuff is 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 solid. Not, I mean, it's great, but I think this is it, and this is what I always think of him for. Yeah. All right. Last question, unless any of you gentlemen have anything you wanna wanna bring up before we close it out here. No, do not. All right, Back to the Future, 96% critics, 94% audience. Damien, underrated, overrated, properly rated? It's got to be properly rated. Fair enough. Tyler? Yeah, it's properly rated, but part of me wants to say underrated because when we did the IMDb podcast, I was initially pretty surprised that it's a top it was top 35, top 40 or something like that. Um, so in my mind, I think I had underrated it because I had viewed it as pure entertainment, lots of fun, but watching it again, it's just a legit, great film, great story, great acting. Um, so I think I underrated it for my whole life, basically until this year, uh, to now the point where I think it's, it's properly rated by fans and by, by the general public, you know, 96 and 94. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I remember when we did that pod, you were you essentially thought this movie was just kind of a goof, right? Yeah, like a fun, fun yeah. action movie, kind of, you know, nothing to take serious, coming of age movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think it's it's properly rated, and the numbers are are what they are, and I think that's that's fine. I think this movie is still very, very front and center in pop culture. Yeah. I think yeah. that there are teenagers that that have seen this movie and really like it and i think that there obviously are i think it spans generations mm-hmm. i think that the merchandise is still out there everywhere um you can still go to like target and see a fucking back to the future shirt yep. right and i kind of gauge where a movie is if i think it's underrated overrated properly by kind of like is there still merchandise out there yeah. are the actors and actresses still going to conventions like is it still like omnipresent in pop culture and it is and i think it completely is and i think the fact that it's still in on netflix and it's still something that gets a 
from what I can tell, still gets a, a lot of views on Netflix. I think there's a number of different things, but I think that it's it's properly rated where it's at. Yeah. Yes. Good point. Yep. I'm glad we could uh, we could do this one to kind of restart the pod. Hopefully, we can you know keep going, keep doing these. I don't know if it's going to be every week, every other week, whatever we're going to do. But I'm glad we could redo this one to kick back off the pod. It felt it felt right. This is where it started, starting the pod again. This one felt felt right to do. So I'm glad you guys specifically could be on. I had a lot of fun. All right, one last question for you, Damien. Oh boy, I need an answer right now. Back to the Future One or Back to the Future Three? For oh, overall, <laughs> not for like more one I enjoy or one is a better movie. Back to the Future One or Back to the Future Three? You can only save one. Okay. You can only save one. I watched Back to the Future One last night. <laughs> And I haven't seen ZZ Top in a long time. So I'm right. going back to the future three. Wow. All right, guys. Thanks for being on. We'll do it again.